from active time battling to zombie slaying, waffling tailors covers video games and beyond. In part one of this episode, we are joined by Rob from Gold Mountain Games. We reminisce about gaming as we grew up, as well as covering everything from Ram Raiding Shop Windows as Pirates for Dummies to the dangers of Horny Warlocks. Yeah, you'll have to wait for that one. So without further ado, sit back, grab some snacks and get ready for this episode entitled A Catch Up With Rob, No Bards Allowed, Part 1. Take it away guys. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Waffle Taylors Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jay, and with me as always is Squidgy. Hello Squidgy. Okay. <laughs> I'm saying hello. Before I do the thing that I always mess up. Oh, okay. Hi, waves, etc. <laughs> How are you, Squidgy? I'm doing good. I'm having the most fun I can have being fully clothed. So fantastic. <laughs> Excellent. Being honest, uh, wh- keeping it real and all that. Uh, well, I'd rather you kept it real than kept it fake. Um, we are joined today by a good friend of ours, Rob from Gold Mountain Games. Rob, how are you? Hello, I am doing very well, thank you. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, um, the last time that uh, Rob was on the show was back in January of this year. Uh, so it's been you know, a good couple of five, six months since you were on the show. And we thought, why not have you back on and get you to talk about some video games? Because we talked about the Salt Reach Isles and the whole Dungeons & Dragons thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Call it what it is. A cluster f- that's what it was yeah that's what it was um and and what we thought was it would be good to have a chat where we're not essentially complaining i mean it's right to complain (laughs) what what the uh wizards of the coast did was wrong um but i think you know it would be good to also talk a little bit about video games and all sorts of games and stuff so um because i mean the 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 thing with the the salt reach isles uh, sorry, not with the Salt Reach Isles. Salt Reach Isles is awesome. The thing with uh, Wizards of the Coast and the open game license was that it was all in flux and we were sort of yeah. two thirds of the way through the whole fiasco. So yeah. I'll tell you what, right? Why don't we have a chat about um, you, Rob, about Goldmont Games, maybe a quick update on from your perspective what's happened with um, the OGL and, and yeah. Wizards of the Coast. And then we'll go from there. How's that? Lovely, sounds good to me. Um, so, Goldman Games, we are a small uh, tabletop RPG production studio. Uh, and one of the things that's changed since last time we spoke is that we are now a tabletop uh, production company rather than a fifth edition production company, which nice. is quite... I think that lots of people have done that because of what happened. Um mm. But yeah, so we we produce, um, we have our own setting, as you've mentioned, the Salt Reach Isles. We've had a successful Kickstarter for a, a zine that is actually we sent for printing three days ago. Uh, backer Sweet. kit's gone out for it. Um, 
yesterday so that's all in the process of printing and going out which is very exciting uh, and that focuses on one of the cities that we've written it's got some species in it it's got some monsters some spells um, and we are currently editing the second version of that oh sorry the second um, magazine for that so that's going to be coming to kickstarter in a couple of months um we've got some streams uh being recorded so we've got one in our setting we're about to start Baldur's gate descent into um avernus avernus um partly because Baldur's gate 3 is coming out which is very exciting um I'm desperately stopping myself starting another playthrough before they release it fully. Um, and so, and that's also interesting because we've got two complete noobs playing it. So there's going to, they have, they know nothing about D&D at all, but they like RPG video games. So they are coming on as they know, like, they 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 don't know the setting they don't know the basic rules of D&D they don't know anything at all so we're going to use that as a way to teach them and other people kind of how to play D&D through watching a live stream um which i think is a really cool idea um and then the other thing we've got going on at the moment, which I'm really excited about, is uh, Dark Dark Legacies is an amazing uh, franchise uh, written by Chris McCauley and uh, Claudia Christian um, from Babylon 5 fame. Um, and they've got two comics out of four out so far. There's going to be a miniatures game. There's going to be uh, apparently an animated TV series. There's a card game. Cool. Uh, and they've we've just signed a contract with them to publish their RPG, uh, oh, which nice. is... Ooh. Yeah, like Dark Legacies Corporation Wars, it's called. Uh, I actually got some of the content yesterday and had a read through it, and it's it's really good. It's a mixture of that kind of the cyberpunk that you know and love with a bit of that really dark Judge Dredd style in it. It's got bits of the the bits of the expanse in there as well. It's it's really interesting, and I'm I yeah I'm really excited that we're we're going to be published publishing that so uh we're making an announcement soon we're gonna be kind of we'll be publishing the main book and then we'll also be creating more content for it um we're gonna have a live stream of it as well um there's a lot of exciting stuff coming out of it uh and actually the dark legacies comic book has just been entered into the comic book hall of fame um oh nice which is you know uh, it's, it, it it deserves it. It's a it's fantastic. Like it's a really cool uh, setting, and yeah, I'm really excited to be part of it. Um, it sounds like it's all go. Yeah, we've had yeah. Uh, like the start of the year was tough because of the fiasco, which I'll touch on again in a sec. Mm. But like then we've had a really good few months, and then we've had a bit of a you know we had a lot of personal life stuff going going on in the company and we've just kind of settled back down on our feet the kickstarter's done it's going out we've got the contract we've got like some really cool content being produced we've also just set up a way for 
So like if people have, if people have written a thing, right, it's really hard as a lone person to go, oh, I'm going to produce that and put it online. Because yeah. you need playtesting, you need editing, you need layout, mm. you need, you know, stat blocks made, all of this stuff. And one person, usually, it's ridiculous to expect them to have all of those skills. So what we've set up is this project where if you, if someone brings us a written piece for a few systems, we can then do the editing, the art, the layout, the playtesting, and then we will put it out on our drive through RPG and every sale, the person who, so the writer will get a percentage, the uh, artist will get a percentage, the editor, the so everyone gets constant income from those things selling directly for what those contributed uh so yeah that's uh we're really excited about that launching as well because uh, you know it's really cool to see the stuff you've made be available for people um mm. so yeah we we have a lot going on at the moment and it's all very exciting times um awesome. and yeah as for the ogl <laughs> I so to be fair to Wizards of the Coast what I think seemed to have happened is Hasbro stuck their big corporate claws in and went we're doing this and Wizards of the mm. Coast didn't really have a choice and when Wizards of the Coast got the control back I think they did an all right job of holding their hands up and fixing their fault. Yeah. The the deal we have now is better than it was before all of this happened. The the it has inadvertently on their part opened up tabletop rpg so many people have gone over to pathfinder so many people are looking at other settings other systems mm. and that can only be a good thing i it's a really interesting world out there at the moment in tabletop rpgs because people are it's still D. &D. it's 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 always going to be the game that most people go to. Like, like you, you still have to, if you're producing a rules agnostic thing, you still have to put the fifth edition rules in a PDF for people mm -hmm. because otherwise you're not going to sell, you know, that's, that's just re being realistic. But there is now lots of people are doing well and we've got pathfinder oh and and we can do this and we've got this and so i think i think wizard of the coast have done all right at fixing their mistake and i to be fair and i might be erring on the side of kindness here but i don't i think it was hasbro who were bad not wizards mm. of the coast now I think Hasbro is still going to be pushing for them to go into microtransactions and all of that stuff that nobody wants. That's the nature of modern capitalism, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but for now, they seem to have learned their lesson not to touch 
the uh, D&D community because we know what we're doing. <laughs> mm. Like, yes. you you can't slip past a really complex contract, past a group of people who read rules every day of their lives. And, you know, it's <laughs> you're just not going to work. And, you know, to be fair, I, and I'm one of these people I'm about to mention, right? A lot of the D&D community are neurodivergent. So you're definitely not gonna not gonna slip past the legal document without without people like us going. Uh, here's all of the tiny little details that you have you have tried to slip past us. Right, it's not a community you can pull the wool over their eyes. So, I it's all right now. I I don't expect this is the last we hear about it. Sure. Well, I, I suppose at least, if anything, Hasbro know their audience now. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they know they what they're up against. A, that's it. They've now got a greater understanding of, of, of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing to me is uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, reading about, like, the history of all sorts of different types of video games recently. Um uh, I've been reading this book that was exclusively on Kickstarter for a while, but now it's gone up to HIO. I've got a Kickstarter back, a hard copy of it, and it's called 50 Years of Text Games from uh, or- from the Oregon Trail to AI Dungeon. And one of the things that um, the author, Aaron A. Reed, talks about is that a lot of the early, like the early PC, uh, the early computer games um, were not only text-based, but were all based on the idea of D&D, the idea of, um, mm-hmm. you know, Gygax's original sort of drafts. And mm-hmm. so even if you don't play, um, uh, you know, RPGs or tabletop games, if you like, if you just play uh, action games on, on a computer or you play like an FPS or whatever, any kind of video game has a direct lineage back to Gary Gygax because, uh, because the, the the folks who wanted to digitize those rules turned them into those those text based games, yeah. and then they took those the ideas that worked and made the other types of games. So a lot of those early text games were your tabletop style RPG games where you you know you're a so wizard and you have to go on a an adventure. I I was in Great Ormond Street Hospital when I was six or seven, and in there they had like a play area for the on the children's ward and they had a computer in there and they had this text-based game where you were walking through the woods and you had to find the witch's hut and avoid avoid getting killed by the witch and that was all and i'd completely forgotten it until you were started talking about that but yet that's probably my earliest memory of a computer game is exactly that is sitting there in a hospital of all places going, oh, choose your own adventure. Mm. I wonder how much fighting fantasy had to do with it as well. Oh, mm. now I'm not sure. Um, I do know that there were, like in this book, there's a whole section on the first couple of choose your own adventure uh, books as well. So, uh, and they came about, I think at the, about the same time as the fighting fantasies, so it makes sense that they would be uh, linked, right? Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, early D and D is sort of like Rosetta Stone to everything that came out afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. It could be yeah, linked absolutely. back. There's always something. Yeah, you know, kind of like um, modern FPSs. Somewhere in the code, somewhere you've got something from Doom 
back in 1992. There's got to be something in there. Yeah. Totally. Totally. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, make well, interestingly, also, there just, was a... J- oh, sorry. Oh, go on. No, 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 you go, you go. I was, I was just going to ask, um, I wasn't on uh, the episode where um, the whole Wizards of the Coast debacle thing happened. Um, so I, I, obviously I edited it, so I heard certain bits. Yeah. So what am I right in thinking that you introduced a creature that was a stone toad that you can use as a cannonball? <laughs> yes. Um, oh, what? Can't remember the name. No, oh. I can't remember the name now. Um, I, I just remember the description and how it's used and it gets shot onto ships yes. and if it doesn't wreck stuff it lands on the deck and it just starts eating people and no one can destroy it Yeah, I thought that was amazing yeah uh, yes I, 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 I had forgotten about that I actually used that in a game um, <laughs> and it, it was as funny as, as it sounds um, <laughs> they were there were pirates attacking like a uh, small town uh, and they were firing them from the ship into shop fronts and things like that. Uh, and then the players had to... I think the players ended up not killing them and just rolling them down into back into the sea um, <laughs> and trying to get them. They, I think their plan was that they were trying to get them to then go back and attack the ships, but there was too much distance and it didn't happen but yeah they are they are entertaining to say to say the least um i mean i've, I've heard of bull in a china shop but stone toad <laughs> in a shop, shop front yeah <laughs> uh, that, that's a mental image that is that's great yeah oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah they were okay. they were fun i've just got this image of someone firing it into an apple store and watching <laughs> chaos happen yeah. uh yeah, I, I do. It's one of the things I love about writing this kind of stuff is the whole, like you can make, you can make jokes in RPGs where yeah. it's it's funny. Like the idea of that creature is funny, but actually when you start using it in a game, you're like, oh oh no, that's actually terrifying. <laughs> yeah, you're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're firing a living, dangerous creature that can one do damage when it hits something, and two then is its own sentient being in itself. It's it it's like when they used to fire dead plague-ridden cows over over castle walls, but the cow was alive, alive, angry, and wanted to kill the people inside the castle. Right? Yep. <laughs> I've just got a mental image of someone flinging a, a, a diseased cow into an apple store now. That'd still be chaos. Straight <laughs> after the, the, the stone toad. Yeah. <laughs> and to answer your <laughs> question, Gia, why apple stores? Well, people tend to just go there to hang out. That is very true. That is very so true. So I, I figure it's, it's the closest thing we've got to a real life sort of like Facebook shop or Twitter yeah. shop, you know, social media. So just fling some in and see what happens. Let's start off with a diseased cow and then go for rock <laughs> rock toads and so, then I don't know. I don't know. So just some sort of coupon if you could take out the, the that that's what we do. That's how you do it, right? If you want to take out the rock toads, you say whoever takes it out gets so much off in this shop, despite the fact they're in the shop and everything's getting destroyed. You say you get like twenty percent off if you take care of it. Everyone loves a coupon, Fair right? Yeah. <laughs> that is true. So the 
The interesting thing, because you mentioned the Apple Store, right? There's an Apple Store in the town where I live, in the city where I live. And I used to, I used to, uh, where I used to work, I used to walk past it at around eight o'clock in the morning, just to get to work. And it's, it's re- it was really interesting to me that they didn't open till nine, but people would queue up from about quarter to eight onwards what? to be able to go in and just sort of use the computers. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. But also, you know, you could use a computer in a library, right? I I, I have ju- I this whole conversation when people when you were saying Apple Store, I've been thinking, why would a shop only sell apples? <laughs> <laughs> Posh if, fruit seller is what it is. PC Master Race. That's why it didn't cross my uh, mind. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh my goodness. So uh yeah. No, uh what I do Okay, so let me figure out the way to say this. So, interestingly, when you said, uh, Rob, earlier on about a, a, an early memory of you playing a computer game at a hospital, is it, it reminded me of like an opening scene from a book, I don't know if you've read it, called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. It is. No, it know. essentially starts with a young chap playing a computer game in a hospital, and he meets someone, and then they essentially it travels through their entire life together, and how they sort of, their the the writer had said their their destinies were sort of intertwined. Mm. They become um, games designers, and they go on to start their own company and stuff like that. It's really That's quite interesting. Cool. So if you're interested, yeah, yeah it is fictional, up. obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's full of um, full of references to lots of video games companies from around the time. So, like, without using people's like the real names. Uh, but if you know about the history of some of the things, like there's, mer- there's references to Sierra Online without actually mentioning Sierra Online and things like that. So, mm. it's it's a pretty interesting book. If you're oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have a look. Cheers. Yeah, mm. awesome. That's great. Cool. So. Yeah, uh, so let's. So we've talked about Gold Mountain Games. Um, I, I would like to sort of where where before we get anywhere else in the episode, where are people going to find out? Gold, can I just literally put it into Google? Is there a, uh, a so Twitter? Is there a Twitch? We are on everything as Gold Mountain Games. So Facebook is just Gold Mountain Games. We're now on the the new Threads, which has taken everything by storm 10 million users in four hours or something like that Ooh. uh uh it's lovely to see elon musk out about it as well um <laughs> so we are we are on twitter uh but we're on threads tiktok instagram youtube uh twitch all of them if you search for gold mountain games you will find us um yeah, Facebook and TikTok are probably our most active. The our streams go out on Twitch and um, YouTube, um, and we're yeah, but we are on all of them. You'll be able to find us there. Awesome, cool. Awesome. Okay, so um, one of the things that we really like to do on the show is whenever we get people on, we like to talk about the games that we've recently been playing. I don't get a huge amount of time to play video games these days, um, so I would be interested to know what you chaps... (laughs) Well, I'd be interested to know what you chaps have been playing recently. Um, uh, We usually start with with our guests. So, Rob, if you have a game that you've been playing, I'd love to hear it. So, yeah, so Scum, yeah, it's one of those games that's been in, in early access forever... Um, and 
there's I played it a few years ago and it just wasn't ready and then me and a friend came back to it uh, about two months ago and we've just played the hell out of it uh, it's mm. got some real detail in the survival like you've got your proper metabolism you have to eat the right food you have to do all of the uh, you have to wee and go for a poo you have to you know like it's it's properly in the details like you have all of your vitamin and mineral levels you if you get an infection if you get a cut and you bandage it and the bandage gets dirty you might get an infection and you have to find antibiotics to treat it you can build garden build bases you can like you can fix cars you can go on like there are big mechs that walk around the place as well it's it's really good it's frustrating as hell because <laughs> because it's one of those games that's been in early access for five years and there are still like the boats in it like going around the map with equipment that's taken me you know a hundred hours of gameplay and like if you get shot by another player and they steal your stuff that's fine because that's the game but going around on a boat and I fell through the bottom of the boat and in the middle of the middle of a lake and I drowned and you're like that right. that should not happen so it's at that stage now where i'm like oh come on guys can you can <laughs> you like yeah fix the basics before you do all the rest of it but i i stand by the statement that it it will be one of the best games ever created when it is finished it is phenomenally good um they just need to fix some of the prob- the, the bugs um and then when we got frustrated with that, we moved on to Deadside, which is, again, a similar... Um, it's early access, but it's... They've got the good core of the game. You're in this small island. You're running around, grabbing guns. Uh, you've got... It's very it's very forgiving when you die. So you kind of... It's, it's not difficult to get a basic setup again. You're talking like 20 minutes of gameplay. So... Yeah. So it's not that I've worked for three weeks to get this stuff and it's all gone. It's, okay, I if I'm silly, I'm going to lose my important gun, but it's easy to get a medium gun. So it it's fun, it's light, it's very early access, but it's got the good core stuff in it. Mm-hmm. The when, when you... Um when you were mentioning scum before you said like giant mechs i was just gonna say so you're playing a game that's just life (laughs) yeah so the 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 premise behind the story is your prisoners so you're on a big walled area of i think it's the czech republic right um and so you've got like there are abandoned towns villages there's there i think there's a uh, I think it's a, like a lung specialist hospital in there somewhere. You've got an airport, a train yard. There's uh, military bunkers and things like that. So it's... Oh, and there are... They're not zombies, they're puppets. So, but they're... Right. Ah. We don't say the Z word. No. Um, <laughs> so there's... So if you're doing PVE, 
there's there's content there but i think what a lot of people have they have a server with areas that are pve and areas that are pvp and it, the game shines in pvp which is it's the game that converted me to playing pvp because before i was like oh no i don't like people people are mean and actually it, it it's just a better way to play some games i'm fully on board with it now um so yeah, I I would highly recommend people go and play it. Just just be be aware that you're gonna get pissed off at some of the things that happen in that yeah. game. Um, <laughs> um, Unless you're the MacGyver type. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the uh, the other thing I've been playing is Baldur's Gate three because it's Baldur's Gate three and. I'll talk about this in a bit, but Divinity Original Sin 2 is the greatest oh. computer game that's ever been made, and Baldur's Gate 3 is made by Larian, and it's it's beautiful, and they are they have done D&D justice. And I actually know, so Spencer, who is Larian's head of special development and is working on the game, lives around the corner from me. So I actually know him, oh. and so I've talked quite a lot uh, about Baldur's Gate 3 with him and the Divinity board game, which mm. is coming out soon, and all of that. So, like, I've I've had a really interesting viewpoint into, like, the actual making of the game as well, which has been fascinating. Uh, but, yeah, like, I didn't need him to show his passion for it to me, but because you can see it in how they've made the game. But I've also had conversations with this guy who was just so excited by it all. Uh, and you, you can see, you can tell playing the, the game that they care about it and they've worked really hard with Wizards of the Coast to make it like D&D and they've achieved it. So yeah, I cannot wait for it to actually be fully released. It, uh, it sounds like you've got a man on the inside. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> Divinity Original Sin, the only game I have ever played where I gained a skill where I could talk to chickens. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing else to say. You can talk to chickens. Sold. I'm in. I mean, the Divinity Original Sin and Original Sin Two are they are they are phenomenal examples of RPG games. They are. Yeah. One, they get rid of the, like, don't get me wrong, like, RPGs have always been good. And on my list of most important games, I think three quarters of them are RPGs. Mm. But Original Sin did the thing where they they went, you're not a class. You're not, Mm. you're not bound by choices that you make during character creation you can always develop you can always explore and it uh, spoiler but it's an old enough game I don't think it matters like they make you a god that's the storyline and it's just and it's it's done with such good storytelling like yeah. like it, it I, like I'm still like amazed sitting here talking about it now uh, and going like not only are the mechanics 
almost perfect. But the storytelling in it is 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 world class storytelling. The writing is exceptional, and I've played it through maybe four times, and I know I haven't touched everything. Yeah, it's just it's just the best game that's ever been made. Hmm. You you give me a game where I can play as a rogue, but I can also put a wooden bucket on my head as armor. You've got me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which surprisingly, I couldn't see anything after I put it on. <laughs> but dropping into stance, knowing that I've got to sneak behind and backstab everything, with a wooden bucket on my head, it just it doesn't get much better than that. Really, I can't see anything. But it's just that stance with a bucket on my head. Yeah, it's it's got a fantastic sense of humor that game. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's really does. It's great, and I'm I'm really excited to find all of that stuff in Baldur's Gate Three as well because you know it's there, mm. you know, and they've done a really nice job as well of mixing because they've got all you know uh, divinities. May uh, one of their big things was the um, the different types of. Um, uh, surfaces you could have and how they interacted yeah. with the spells and stuff and they've brought that into Baldur's Gate 3 but they don't beat you over the head with it and go we're Larry and this is our thing it just it's subtle and it makes sense in it and it's just they've just yeah. done it justice and it, it's lovely mm. and apparently you can have sex with a bear now yeah I read that <laughs> <you've seen> that's <laughs> uh... <laughs> That's that's a, a fairy's wet dream. I, <laughs> um, I just i uh, I think there's I know exactly why they've done it because it's so D and D. Because you you always yep. you always get that player who's who's like, can I do this really awkward thing? And then <laughs> some DMs are like, yeah. And then you have that really weird kind of role play around the table, and you're just like, no, we don't do that. We don't. fade to black. Fade to black, go away. Uh, it's Look at you, bards. Yeah, it's so D and D. Like I'm really glad they put it in there because because it's weird and it's D and D. And you know, I I don't care about the whole. Oh, that's awful! You can't do that. Like, take no, what it is funny. Yeah, <laughs> no one is suggesting that anyone actually has sex with a bear, right? That is not, you know, that is not anywhere near what anyone is suggesting mm. here. So, like, just, just come on, guys, have a sense of humour. It's, it's funny. Yeah, uh, do it for the memes. It's what we're saying. Do it for the memes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a bard, you ain't got, you ain't got a choice. You know, it's part of the story progression. I reckon if you're a bard, bard. Bards are actually my favourite D and D class, and I have never played a horny bard. You must be the only one. I, I think so. I have, I have played a completely twisted horny warlock, though. <laughs> uh, she she likes to kidnap uh, young male guards. Uh, she was she was very weird, and I kind of regretted playing her. Uh, but yeah, that's that that's that's the closest I've got to the horny bard. Go to horny jail. Well, it's a bar story, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so I'm interested to find out because there's something on my list that's a little similar to yours, Rob. But I'm I'm interested to find out, Squidge, what's been going on with you with video games. Uh, going back and looking forward, if that makes any sense. Right. 
bit of a, a weird juxtaposition. Um, I've been going back to playing Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition on my Switch um, mm. to unlock more stuff because there's a plethora of different things to unlock on that. So I've been going back to do that. I'm going to have to wait till a friend comes around so we can couch co-op and get lots of stuff. But I've been I've been playing that, and in the meantime, I've actually been looking forward, low-key excited, I will say. Um, I've been looking forward to the delivery of my Kickstarter-backed Resident Evil 1 tabletop game. Oh, yeah. Because as of recording, which is the 12th of July, um, I got an email stating... The, the boats with all the, the backer pledges are in route. So within the next couple of weeks, considering I've got I got the first one, which was Resident Evil 2, and they did Resident Evil 3, and now it's Resident Evil. Now, the thing that's really exciting about it is I want to get my hands on it. I'm not going to paint them. But the last time that they released something, they did a little bit of a teaser. So Jill remember this. I got Resident Evil 3 delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, and the first thing that showed up when I opened the box was this game may contain scenes of violence and gore, but it was the, the screenshot you got from Resident Evil 1 Remake. I sat yep. there vibrating for about 20 minutes, I think. <laughs> Pure excitement. No, it was going to take a year and a half for me to get my hands on it. The other thing that's that's really got me going is... Um, so there's that, so there's possibly going to be a preview of the new thing, but the guys that are in charge... And the guys who were trying to petition Capcom to get like the license, uh, the the rights to do each of the games, they're big fans of the best Resident Evil game ever, which is Resident Evil Gaiden. Gaiden. <laughs> and I really hope that they go for it because it's a Game Boy Color game that's not classed as canon, but is. I really hope they get the rights to make it mm. because the game is small-ish. It's kind of large, but it's smallish, and there's a lot of room for interpretation if you want to put other stuff in. And there's only three characters, three playable characters. Right. So I'm kind of looking forward to that turning up on my door. The massive box, which is yeah. which I always joked as I'm lugging around a dead body because that's how heavy it is. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to that arriving and having nowhere to put it. Nice. Nice. I've... I've still got a Kickstarter uh, into the Darkwood, uh, mm. which was like, it's like five boxes that are like, each one is hard to lift. And I'm like, I, I don't know how I'm ever going to take it anywhere to play it, you know, but they can be, they can be extreme. The, uh, the Kickstarter board games. <laughs> but the, um, the Resident Evil one, it's the remake of the first game it's a little different because in Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 you have scenario books so you set up the field of play and you put doors and stuff on it and you already know in Resident Evil you have a starting tile and then when you get to the door the DM or whoever's in charge puts the next piece down so you build it as you go along so you have no idea where you're going that's cool so I don't know whether we've mentioned this before but my my start in kind of anything geeky is board gaming i i set up what's the uh biggest board games club in the uk um and i've got carcass on tattooed on my leg uh i'm i'm a board gaming is where i come from uh so i'm yeah i'm uh i love board gaming it's uh it's a real passion for me, and I'm I'm really excited. Like as I said, the board games club. Uh, I'm sure someone there would have got that 
uh, as well. So I'm sure I'll get to play that, which is cool. Yeah, I am. Um... I always get like the all-in version and then yeah. a spare version with all the kickback exclusives because I've got one or two friends, not dropping names, chief problems, who tends to be very <laughs> handsy with things. And the little miniatures are amazingly detailed, but some of them can be delicate. Yeah. And I don't want people accidentally holding them too hard or crushing them. Despite the fact that when I played Resident Evil 2, the B scenario, there's a, an enemy that chases you. It's called Mr. X. And I hate Mr. X. Because in the game, you have a card that's called Mark Target, and Mr. X spawns on the field of play. He's only got five health, but he follows you relentlessly until the target gets changed. And it's always me that gets that Mark Target. And <clears throat> the amount of times that I got to like the end of the stage, and it was revealed that you had to take him out, and his health had just quadrupled. And I took him out, and then I took a figure and threw it across the room. <laughs> um, it's got some definite battle scars on it, but... Yeah, it's very steady. That's why I've got a secondary. I'm so glad it hasn't broke yet, but I have thrown <laughs> it across the room. Frustration. I'm so sick of that thing chasing me. <laughs> I really am. Yeah. Awesome. So, so you've been playing Hyrule Warriors. You're waiting for a friend to come mm -hmm. around. You're looking forward to the Resident Evil, uh, the first Resident Evil board game being released. What else no is happening I'm put it with video game Switch? <laughs> That's about it. If it's not oh. that, I've been editing, doing my job. Right. So. Yeah. A bit of a Just busy bashing days, stuff like. over the head. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, for me, it's been, it's been you know, a, a, a month or so of retro games when I can. Um, so I, I, it's no big secret. I'm a Linux on the desktop kind of a guy because I'm a software developer. And uh, I've, I've recently installed a piece of software called Lutris, which I believe is only available for Linux, but it doesn't really matter. That's not the point I'm making. And Lutris is one of these things where you throw all your games at it, PC games, you know, ROMs, things like that, um, and it, it figures out how to run them. Uh, which is wonderful, right? Uh, speak, speaking with the Resident Evil topic, I threw the PC Resident Evil game at it and the um, Apple of Eden uh, Rebirth mod stuff, and it just went, yep, sure, I can do that, and booted the game, and I'm like, wow, I'm running around the uh, the, the mansion in glorious-ish, HD-ish, on Linux, which is pretty cool. That is cool. But... Uh, but I wasn't really playing through that. I was just like, can I get it to work? But the two games that I have been playing through is uh, one's on the N64, WCW NWO Revenge, because oh. um, I'm a proper mark for old school wrestling games because I'm preparing Good. for when I can get AEW or, uh, Fight Forever because mm. that's the kind of thing I'm interested in, sort of arcade. You just bash a bunch of buttons and see what happens. That can sometimes Good luck doing the tag team division by yourself. Oh my goodness, that stuff is so hard. But I've done all the other belts, so that's cool. And unlocked one of the secret characters, which is brilliant. Uh, Chris Canyon, who better, baby? Um, but the other game that I've uh, been touching on lightly, uh, ever because what one of the things that Lutris allows you to do is connect to your accounts for like the Humble Bundle and GOG and Steam and things like that, and it acts almost as a launcher for them. Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, cool, Baldur's Gate. The first one. Yeah. And so I just, I sat through the tutorial for that and I was like, ah, oh, this bring back so many memories. But it's like, the pro my problem with it these days is that the play area is so small. Yeah. Right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a weird thing for me. I cannot go back to play old games. I just, <laughs> my, but I can't do it. Like, 
I'm like, um, so there's a really seminal game for me, uh, Planescape Torment, because mm. it was it it was an RPG that went. We're not about combat. Yeah, yeah, you can fight, but that's not what this game is about. This game is about intrigue and the story, and you have to die to find that information. And like, yeah. it genuinely blew my mind. And it's it's the game that I don't think without Planescape Torment, I would I would be. I'm not sure I'd be a geek. You know, I. I think it was really seminal in my development into my interests and my hobbies and in the end running a gaming company. But mm. I tried to go back and play it and there's nothing but good memories. And I'm just like, I can't do it. It's just, I can't, I can't. I don't like, like, so I always like in my head, I'm kind of going, why don't you just play a new game? And I don't know why my brain does that. But I can't. I I've I want to. Like there are so many games on like this little list of games I've got in front of me that were important to me. Going, I couldn't go back and play them now. Like, the Settlers Two is on there, and I'm like, I've tried. I've tried to go back and play it, but and it's an incredible game. At the time it was made, it was like. It was so good. I must have spent yeah. hundreds of hours on that game. And I just can't go back and play it. Uh, it frustrates a friend me. Of mine has a, similar, a friend of mine has a similar problem. He's like, I want to go back and fall out. But I can't. And I went round to his house and I said, well, there's your problem. He said, what? And I said, you've got a 4K curved 30-inch PC monitor. No wonder it won't run. And you're not playing it through something like GOG, where it'll actually work on Windows 10. You can get it to work, but those MIDI cutscenes are awful. I said, well, first of all, get it on something that'll give you the compatibility so it'll work. And I said, and secondly, don't have the resolution to, I can see space from here. Yeah. And that I mean, might help. I'm, I would say, I've got, I've got three three extra wide curved monitors in front of me and a 3000 pound rig I built myself. So yeah, yeah, exactly that. Um, hmm. I don't know. It's what is, is really, I actually had a conversation with my brother who's, uh, my brother's an IT, uh, knows more about computers than almost anyone else I know. Um, and we were having a conversation about why, why, why I've got this ridiculous setup. Because I accept it is a ridiculous setup. And mm. it's that interesting thing of when I, when I was, what, 14, 15, so early 2000s, um, that's what, that was the goal. That's what all of the... All of the adverts online, or not necessarily online, but all of the, you know, that's, that's, that's what you were trying to achieve. And so now I'm, now I'm an adult and I can make these decisions and afford these things. I'm like, oh no, I'm absolutely having, I've got a full RGB setup. It's absolutely pointless. It serves no purpose whatsoever. <laughs> but I love it. Because it's all flashy lights, and sometimes I turn all the lights off, put Pink Floyd on, and sit in the dark with my computer making pretty lights to, to me. Uh, it's lovely, but no purpose whatsoever. It's 
utterly useless, but it's great. Yeah, it's 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 one of those. Oh, in the movies, the hacker's got like seventeen different screens. Three yeah. of them are CRTs. He's got four rigs, nineteen keyboards, and he clicks between them. He looks at everything. I want that. And then you get that, and you think, why? Yeah, this is a waste of electric. Yeah. What am I doing? And, and for some, but I've got it now. He doesn't have a mouse. <laughs> Yeah, I noticed that. Linux, no, I'm looking at you. No one. Feel yeah. like be quiet. <laughs> in in films, right? Nobody ever has a mouse. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand why. It's like when people don't say goodbye on the telephone in films. Like, it yeah. it's just I don't understand. A mouse is much easier. Yeah, you never see the opposite side of where they just hang up and the other person goes rude. Yeah. <laughs> what was that all about? Rude. <laughs> 